Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska, where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. What's good, Alaska? This is Scott Levesque, and you're listening to the midweek edition of the Must Read Alaska podcast. Now, if you could just take a moment and give this podcast a five-star review, it's important because it helps us when people search for this type of content. And if you're so inclined, which I hope you are, we'd love to hear your feedback. Please give us a written review as well. Again, we love our listeners, and we love hearing from you. So with that, we have a ton to talk about. Listen, is there going to be a week where in politics, there's nothing crazy that happens. I know that sounds dumb for me to even say, but at this point, I just feel like every week there's some kind of bombshell or something stupid going on, and we can never just take a deep breath and sigh and just relax a little bit. That is not what happens in the world of politics. But before we we get going with some of the bigger news stories, and I'm going to let you know, listen, if you're listening from around the state of Alaska, I wish I could cover a lot more around the state. You guys just happen to be a lot less controversial and quiet currently. That doesn't mean it won't happen here soon. But a lot of the stuff we're going to cover today, uh, as we get into some of the bigger stories, centers around Anchorage. I know I live in Anchorage. I'm close to this. I hear this. Again, I'm sorry. I want to cover more news. But right now, we have got a crap storm happening in Anchorage. But before we do that, let's actually get around Alaska. And the first place I want to head to is Ketchikan, where there seems to be a bit of a, I guess for lack of a better term, bar shaming going on. Again, there's a story up at mustreadalaska.com called Ketchikan is bar shaming. And the reason why this is a story outside of it just being unfair to uh, the bar and restaurant industry is the fact that this was something that happened here in Anchorage as well, including the Valley, where at the time, Mayor Ethan Berkowitz named about 19 bars where people had tested positive for COVID. And again, I want to be clear, people had visited those bars and then outside of that happened to test positive for COVID. So the correlation there is is a bit dicey at times because people frequent bars and restaurants quite often. But now in Ketchikan, they're naming about five bars where people have visited and then at a later date tested positive for COVID-19. Now, testing positive for COVID-19 and letting people know that they should continue to get tested or if you're into the vaccine, doing that as well, is fine. The problem comes when you start naming institutions where people have been to and only singling them out because you have no idea. Listen, as much as we want to say that this tracing is working, I haven't seen actually the benefits of tracing other than what Ketchikan is now doing and what Anchorage did in uh, in the summer, which is essentially you're trying to make loose connections to these institutions or these establishments that saying this is exactly where they got it. We, you can't 100% sure say that's the case. Listen, I know people that go out to restaurants and put in fake names, uh, Thomas Aquinas, um, you know, insert here, Thomas Edison, whatever it is, and don't give a real number. So to to say that this tracking and this tracing is is working, it, it's not the case at all, which 
is the reason why this is problematic. You start naming institutions or restaurants or establishments as places of definite contraction of this COVID-19 virus, you got yourself a big problem because if it's not the case, I mean, I'm not sure what the legal precedent in that is right now, but it certainly doesn't bode well for restaurant owners. Again, this was the kind of the beginning of the end there for uh, public support uh, in a lot of the small business arena when it comes to the administration and the assembly. Just, again, linking COVID-19, quote, outbreaks are what we called it here in Anchorage, I should say the administration called it, which was hotspots, is a dangerous game when you don't have definitive proof. And so Ketchikan's kind of falling into that that trap right now. And, and unfortunately, uh, I'm not going to name the bars, but there were five bars that were named um, by the Ketchikan Emergency Operations Center. Uh, and, and, and it's unfortunate because I don't know if you can definitively say that those people uh, caught or contracted COVID-19 from those places. But here we are again, we're we're at this point. Uh, another interesting development uh, based on a story that's gone out over the last couple of weeks is that now the DMV has set up a way for people to report, uh, quote, distasteful vehicle license plates. So now we have a snitch center where if people don't like what your license plate says, now you have a place to report people. Now, I'm not sure um, what the overall outcome is. If you're talking about uh, what exactly could happen, we'll, let's, let me just read this quote to you, okay? Let's just get this out of the way. Following the outcome of a review I ordered of Alaska's personalized plate program at the DMV, the DMV began the long process of reviewing tens of thousands of personalized license plates that have been issued by the state going back as far as the Murkowski administration has said, Commissioner Kelly, and I'm going to, I can't say her last name. Uh, I'm going to butcher it. I know I will. In the meantime, DOA, the Department of Administration, has been contacted by Alaskans who continue to find questionable plates, some of which were issued a decade or more ago. She goes on, Alaskans can rest assured that we will find and revoke any plates that violate the rules of Alaska's personalized license plate program. Messages that promote violence, vulgar, criminal, or demeaning terms will not be tolerated, she said. Okay, listen, I want to make this very clear before we go into there. Because I think there's a lot of mix-up here, and people can twist words. It is disgusting when people use anything from Nazi Germany. It's disgusting when people use slurs. It's disgusting when people use things that are extremely demeaning. It's disgusting. However, and again, all that is disgusting and it's not acceptable at all, at all. But I'm going to say this. I'm less concerned about them revoking those plates and more concerned, hear me out, not concerned about those them revoking those plates. What I'm concerned about is that we've seen it in Canada. We're starting to see it in America. It's a slippery slope towards an ideology saying whatever they want is vulgar, violent, criminal, demeaning. And then it becomes an ideology that takes precedent versus what the actual, quote, spirit of what they're doing. Okay? That's my concern. My concern is, and this is why 
a lot of journalists now, a lot of comedians, a lot of people around the country that may not have a conservative or le- or right-leaning bent are, are going, whoa, guys, wait a minute. The Constitution is clear on First Amendment speech. It's also clear on what doesn't con- constitute free speech. But again, I want to be very clear. It's disgusting and distasteful and I actually don't have a problem in, in, in principle with it. However, and it's a big however, free speech is a pillar of this country. And unlike our friends to the north in Canada, where the provinces now have almost governors on anything you could say. Again, you can go back to the Jordan Peterson controversy way back in 2017-18. Peterson wasn't saying that he wouldn't call somebody who is a transgender by their preferred pronoun. What he was saying and fighting for was the fact that he would be forced to say it. And again, you need to make the distinction here. There's a difference between being respectable and being honorable. And there's a di- between that and actually forcing somebody to do something. And again, the media twisted that and it became about Jordan Peterson is transphobic. And Jordan Peterson said on numerous occasions, he has no problem, none, no problem calling anybody by their preferred pronoun or name. What he has a problem with is it being forced. And if you can't tell the difference, I'm sorry. But that's where this is kind of headed right now. This is headed towards, uh, I get it. I get why we want to do this. But the problem is it doesn't just, there's, there's not a line. There's never a line. There's always people that are pushing that. Because in their ideology, things that would not at this moment seem, I guess to use the quote here, vulgar or demeaning now becomes that and that's not just me i mean you ask any comedian you ask any first right amendment or first amendment advocate you ask you know any journalist now those that are really looking at what's going on the censorship if you ask any of them this is this is concerning this is concerning i get why they're saying it the problem with this now is that we have a little snitch setup going on. And again, where the problem lies is that everybody's definition of vulgar and demeaning is different. So the state is going to be in a bit of a pickle when it comes to how it's going to decide what is violence or vulgar or criminal or demeaning. A lot of those terms are broad-based and very subjective. And you might not agree with that. Understand that's your prerogative. Again, that's your free speech right. But I'm telling you right now, it's going to be difficult. There are going to be situations, and I think there are going to be more than we want to care to mention, where this is going to be very difficult, very difficult, and it's going to put the state into, it's going to cause a lot of problems. Let me just put it to you that way. All right. Well, the the second, I'm sorry, the third thing I want to kind of just touch on that we had a little social media fun with was uh, the Dunbar tax. As you know, February 1st rolls around and and there's a new alcohol, 5% alcohol tax. And, and now to have a little fun, some of the local bars are calling it the 
Dunbar tax. Some of the local restaurants are calling it the Dunbar tax. And so we caught one of those over at Lamex. A, uh, an individual was uh, having a Bud Light over there, five bucks. Net total $5 and right underneath that, and you can see this picture on our uh, mustreadalaska.com or our Facebook page, right underneath the net total says Dumbar TX, 25 cents. Um, again, I think the bars and restaurants are having a little fun here, just reminding people of who continually adds more taxes to uh, their daily lives. And uh, I think this is going to be an interesting move. I, I don't know if more restaurants or bars will follow, but I will say that this is uh, getting more and more interesting here. And not only that, but will people vote? And again, this was my mantra last last time on the podcast. Guys, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm just going to, uh, and I did it last time. I don't want to hear from you if you're sitting home and deciding that you pouting or being angry is more important than voting. Because it's really not. Listen, if you looked at the percentages of the districts that voted in their assembly member, you would you would be ashamed to be here in Alaska, more specifically Anchorage. The percentage is so low, we're allowing the loudest minority to be the voice for the majority. At least that's what it looks like right now. Because if, you, if you're watching any of these assembly meetings, there's a lot of people who are angry. There's a lot of people scattered all around Alaska, Alaska and, and specifically Anchorage that are angry. Listen, it's okay to protest peacefully. It's okay to uh, show up at the Lusak Library and have signs. And it's okay to uh, share your frustration. But the best way to see change is to actually, actually enact it by voting, particularly when it comes to the mayor race here in Anchorage. If you want a... A, a different voice in there, a different leadership, then you need to vote. Plain and simple. You need to vote. So just a little fun thing that Lamex was doing, uh, a little Dunbar tax as it's put on the receipt, 25 cents for a $5 bud. Um, we'll see if more people do this. I mean, you already saw it last time we talked about the, the Forrest Dunbar um, cutouts that Matanuska, I think, is the brewing the brewing place down in uh, I think it's Midtown. Uh, but listen, a lot of restaurant owners, a lot of bar owners, a lot of breweries are are upset with the current administration and assembly, and I don't blame them. I don't blame them. They became the scapegoat for COVID nineteen. They became the scapegoat for COVID nineteen, and and frankly, um, I understand why they're frustrated. Their their industry took the biggest hit. And so now they're fighting back how they can. And, and I don't blame them for being frustrated. The problem is, is I'm trying to get Forrest Dunbar to do my, my podcast. I'm, I'm going to reach out to him and, and give him a fair opportunity to share some of his ideas. And, and I want you guys to hear what he has to say. I don't know, you know, I don't know what he's going to say. I don't know. I, I highly doubt he'll, he'll do this podcast with me specifically, um, but I want to ask I want to ask him some questions as well, clarify some things because you know there's a lot of concerns that people have, and and if he thinks he's, um, you know if he if if the if he thinks he's going to attract the voter that's in the middle, the the purple voter, I don't know, I don't know. But again, our our listeners 
are, are fantastic. Our readers and supporters are incredible. And I want to give him the opportunity to see if he's saying anything that catches you guys, good or bad. But I think it's important that uh, we give um, we get a little bit of clarity from him because I'm not 100% sure uh, we're all actually familiar with what Forrest Dunbar stands for. I, I don't I don't know. I honestly don't know. I ha- I can tell you this. Okay, I am I can tell you this. We've seen what his voting record has said. We've seen what his voting record uh, over the last two years has said in terms of what he believes. But I want to give him the opportunity to come on. I think why not? Let's have Forrest Dunbar on here. I'm going to try to get uh, all, if not a majority, of the candidates on here by the time uh, March rolls around. At least I'm hoping I could do that. So, so we'll see. But again, just uh, restaurant and bar industry, just having a little bit of fun with Forrest right now, in terms of uh, some of the things that they're doing. But you know, speaking of Forrest, and more importantly, his his assembly counterpart there, Christopher Constant. Uh, this was a major story that we put out on Must Read Alaska. Suzanne Downing, again, just doing incredible work, incredible reporting on this. Uh, the title on Must Read Alaska, our website, is Shame Game. Dunbar and Constant admit they strong-arm pastors into supporting vag- vagrant plan. Okay, And this all boils down to AO66. And this is a summer ordinance that happened. It was a contentious very, very, very contentious um, ordinance that was put up. And essentially, I'm going to really boilerplate this. The Assembly wanted to use CARES Act funds to get into the real estate industry and purchase buildings around uh, Anchorage uh, and specific locations to house the homeless and also set up um, a, a, a sort of center, if you will. And so this was the idea. This was brought forth by uh, particular individuals on the assembly, and it was met with a lot of resistance. In particular, the Midtown area uh, um, really had a problem, very much had a problem with this. And and one of the the biggest people that was uh, involved in this was Russell Biggs. Um, you know, it took Russell, I, I think in the ad, and I'll quote here, the the actual story, it took big seven months. It cost him $800 to get emails between the assembly members released to him. Now, keep in mind, what I'm talking about now is this story presents emails between Christopher Constant and Forrest Dunbar and also including Jacob Poindexter, who is a pastor, a local pastor. Now, here's the important thing. The emails between the pastor... Forrest Dunbar and Christopher Constance is an interesting set. Okay, so let's just go over this quickly because they're not long. So the local pastor writes, hello, my name is Reverend Point Dexter. I'm the pastor at first. I'm not, uh, not going to go there. He's, he essentially says this. I support ordinance AO 2020-66 for the purchase of four properties. The need for daytime shelter and engagement, transition housing, and treatment centers throughout the city is long overdue. Anchors has a rare and real opportunity to make progress in addressing the struggle of so many of our underhoused neighbors. Please vote in favor of AO66. Now, Forrest takes that email, does not respond in this thread to the Reverend, but instead sends an email to Constance, says, looks like our shame prodding campaign worked, exclamation point. 
or perhaps they would have written in regardless, dot, dot, dot. Constant then replies, they came to me hard, pissed, telling me they were going to comment already and that I was the bad one. Haha, <laughs> whatever it takes to make you do your part. Whatever it takes to make you do your part. That's the ending of that sentence. It's an incredible exchange in the fact of this, guys. It looks like they were actively trying to manipulate at the very best, coerce at the very worst, local pastors to actually come out and support. Now, this particular pastor, reverend, whatever we want to call him, did so. But what his email did is prompt Forrest and Christopher Constant to have an exchange between the idea of shame or prodding campaign, showing that it was intentional, and Constant saying, whatever it takes to make you do your part, meaning, hey, we had people that were mad, but if that's shame, you could do a lot of collect connection and correlation to these emails. I haven't heard a lot from Mr. Constant or Mr. Dunbar. Again, trying to get Dunbar on here. So this is, you know, I got to report the news. But man, does not have a good look. Does not have a good look. And why is this a big deal? Well, the big deal is it looks like there's been coordination between assembly members to push forward some kind of campaign to get people to change their mind, to shame people, or as, as Forrest said, shame slash prod individuals. And in this case, it looks like pastors to get on board with AO66, again, a controversial, very controversial ordinance that was voted on in the summer, I believe it was August or maybe early September, I can't remember, feels like ages ago. There was week-long testimony. Uh, there was plenty, plenty of protesting outside at the Lusack Library. It, it was a contentious point. Now, it doesn't stop there, because now we get into more email exchanges between Dunbar and Constant. Now, this transitions from, the first one I read to you was from uh, their, their emails from the assembly. So anchoragealaska.gov emails. Now, you get to their personal emails, okay? And so here's, here's the, the thread in this. Starts out, again, April 6th. 2020. Again, this is the beginning of August. It's starting to get into the throes of what's going on. Answered her in good faith because I don't know who she was. Oops! Exclamation point. Now, his response in this is to the Save Anchorage group. So he adds a link to his, his response from that group and then put, I conflated the Save Anchorage people with the endless lines of testifiers on AO 2020-66 and somehow they are upset with that. Question mark? Ha. Huh. Now, constant response to that email. I didn't see the link. What's the connection? Forrest response. Oh, maybe they blocked you. Or only I can see that because they tagged me in it. It's a response I sent to her, an individual in that Save Anchorage group, which she then posted in Save Anchorage. So what ended up happening is there was an exchange between somebody from a Save Anchorage group and Dunbar. The individual happened to post it in Save Anchorage and tag Forrest. So Christopher uh, Forrest then follows up that email about maybe they blocked you, they tagged me, that's why I could see it with. I basically said we've gotten a lot of testimony from the Save Anchorage folks and uh, 
Others asking us to turn the Sullivan into a permanent or semi-permanent shelter. The admin has asked us to purchase these buildings so that we can get close, closer to closing the Sullivan as a sh shelter. And I will read your email in that context. Constant response. No good. Force then follows up. Which part of it is no good is what he's asking. What I said or that she took my response, made it a screenshot, then posted it to save Anchorage. So clarification. And here's what Constant responds with. What's no good? Everything about save Anchorage. <laughs> oh my God. That, that group's hitting 10,000 and, and everybody in that group is not good. Or at least that's the implication. Forced in response to that. Oh yeah, definitely. And then finally, Constance says, I shouldn't have re referenced them. I should have just said people who testified against AO 2020-66. And honestly, I shouldn't have responded to her at all. Didn't realize who she was. Won't make that mistake again. And there you go. And actually, that last one right there was Forrest responding to Constant again. So he did that. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then responded one more time with that, saying he'll never respond to somebody again. So here, here we go. We have we have so many things done back there. The first thing is like, hey, the, the possibility of a coercion, uh, sort of a campaign to... As again, this is not my words. These are these are the assembly's words to shame slash prod uh, people, and more specifically, pastors. And then you have this fascinating exchange between Dunbar and Constant in regards to the Save Anchorage group. Now, again, this group is been harsh on obviously the assembly and the administration for a lot of their policies, a lot of the things they've uh, they've done, and so they're not a friend, of course. And this idea now, and, and this is fascinating, take all the stuff away. I mean, I could get it. If people, humans are humans. You get upset when you're being attacked. I get it. Like, I don't like being attacked. Now, I feel like I wouldn't make the same mistakes and I'd actually listen to the people that I'm trying to serve or at least profess to serve. But the interesting part is in this context here, I shouldn't, the, the last email that was sent by Force is fascinating. I shouldn't have referenced them. I should have just said people who testified against AO 2020-66. And honestly, I shouldn't have responded to her at all. Didn't realize who she was, won't make that mistake again. That last line right there, didn't realize who she was, won't make that mistake again, is essentially saying I'm shutting down any communication with people that I either recognize as possibly being on saved anchorage or... People who come across at least as people that would be on saved anchorage, which is a problem. This is a public official saying, I'm not going to take any kind of time to respond or communicate with my constituents, the people that put me in office. Now, granted, saved anchorage is not localized to a particular district. It's everywhere. There are people not even in anchorage that are part of that group. So keep that in mind. Or I should say a part of the municipality that are in that, that don't even live in the municipality that are part of that group. So with that being said, I think it's a problem that a public official is now going to do background research and not reply to anybody that either fits what it sounds like Dunbar is saying is a saved Anchorage person, and I'm putting that in air quotes, or they do the research, find out that they're a part of a group, whether saved Anchorage or another one, and won't respond. This is a problem for me. And this is where we're going. 
when, when public officials decide that the people that put them into that position no longer are allowed or no longer are warranted the time for a response or no longer warranted the opportunity to engage with their f- public official, again, the one that they voted for, this is a problem for me. Okay, I get it. Forced, you're upset. I get that you don't like being your stuff put in blasted. I get that you thought you were just talking to somebody. Maybe you didn't. I don't know. But the, the reality is this. You cannot just shun people who voted you in office and not respond to them. It's You just can't do that. I mean, you can, but it's not just in poor taste. I, I don't even know if that, I, I mean, listen, I don't know all the legalities to this, but it certainly does not look good. And this continues. This will hang around Forrest's neck when he's running for, for mayor. And this is one of the reasons why I want him on, because I want to ask him some of these questions. I want to ask him about the alcohol tax. I want to ask him about these emails that have been uh, found. You know, there there are many more emails that were, that were, um, received for by this inquiry this is just the beginning so i i just want to get some questions of clarification because i think it's important i think you guys as the listener and and as a resident of the municipality deserve some some serious answers in this and force needs to give them i mean they're and and christopher constant for that matter what is going on you know the idea that these two individuals on social media and listen i have no doubt that Christopher Constant will never come on. And I'm pretty sure Forrest Dunbar won't either. But for Christopher Constant, if you follow him on social media, what a gem. What a gem. I mean, talk about a lack of self-control. I'd love to have him on and ask him why he even engages with people. Why he even gets on there and, and says what he says. It's only got him in trouble. He's, social media for Christopher Constant is the bane, a thorn in the side for sure. But I think it's important we ask these questions. So again, this is my... My first call for for Assemblyman Forrest Dunbar to come on to, again, full, no edited conversation. I'm not looking to trap him. I'm actually looking to get his point of view on a lot of these things, particularly a lot of the, you know, very salacious stuff that he's written himself. I haven't written. It's These are his words, not mine. So the alcohol tax, listen, I sat at the uh, basher community council meeting and listen to Forrest Dunbar talk about that alcohol tax and why it was important. So I got some questions for him about that. Some of the promises he made, particularly with a a gentleman who was very upset that the fact that this alcohol tax was being brought up for the second time after people had voted it down the first time. So I just got some questions. I think it's good. Listen, if we're, if we, here's how I look at it. If we really believe our ideas and we believe that our policies are the best, then nobody should be afraid to come into an interview or a conversation unedited no no games and have a conversation i mean for crying out loud i'd be willing to meet in person edit it right there and publish it right there so that he knows that i'm not trying to trick him i'm not i just i think people need to know the ideas of the the mayor because at this point at this point i've seen that we don't know everything about our our elected officials or at least we have been deceived. And so in that, I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page. We're all on the same page. That's all. That's all. So 
I think it'll be interesting. I don't know if he'll heed my call, but I went way over on this. I wanted to get to something else, but I, I can't today. So uh, again, there's a lot going on. Uh, the the race for mayor here in Anchorage is going to ramp up and heat up. So you know that's going to be plenty of fodder over the next couple of months. But I really would like to connect with a lot of the candidates for mayor here in Anchorage and, and hear their perspective and point of view from across the aisle because I think it's important. But uh, also ask the tough questions about policies and and why they believe what they believe. And, and does it really jive with what the majority of Anchorage citizens, municipality residents believe? And if it is, well, then we'll see that on a, on election day, um, or at least when you mail in your ballot. If not, then I think uh, I think you need to reevaluate. I think we all need to reevaluate what the municipality and its residents really want. So with that being said, everybody enjoy your Thursday, enjoy the rest of your weekend weekend, and we'll see you next week. Stay classy.